Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. One of the truly wonderful additions to the Sarasota area in recent memory is Nathan Benderson Park. The park is known for its fishing and is ideal for recreational kayaking, canoeing, sailing, remote control sailboats, and other non-gas-powered vessels, plus many, many community events, fairs, and festivals. Even more, it's now known nationally and internationally as a world-class destination for rowing as it hosted the 2016 and 2020 U.S. Olympic Team Trials and the 2022 International Dragon Boat Federation Club Crew World Championships. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams of the Sarasota Stories Podcast, where you will hear from some of the most fascinating people living in this wonderful town that we call home. You know, I started this podcast because not only did I want to meet new people, but I also wanted to share their stories with you. I also believe to better know the community you live in, it's a must to hear each other's stories so that we can connect a little bit deeper and appreciate how blessed we are to live here. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, business owners, and philanthropists share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. I'm very pleased to have as my guest today, Stephen Rodriguez, President Nathan Benderson Park. In this episode, you'll hear one thing most people don't know about Stephen, why Nathan Benderson Park is so financially important to our community, what most people would be surprised to know about the park, what Stephen's favorite events are, and much, much more. I appreciate that you stopped by today, so remember to listen, to learn, but most importantly, to connect. Stephen Rodriguez, President of Nathan Benderson Park Conservancy. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, uh, just for our listeners, I actually get the pleasure of doing this on site. Most of my interviews are done virtually over the internet. And so it's a lot of fun being out here at the park, getting out of my office, and to be able to sit right across the table between myself and Stephen. And Stephen, we're going to get into all things about uh, the Nathan Benderson Park, the events they have out here, kind of your background and whatnot. But what I always like to start off with, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? Oh, goodness. There, there's probably a lot of things. But uh, one thing that pops in mind is uh, that probably most people don't know that when I was in college, 
I decided uh, during spring break in Daytona Beach to jump off a uh, 200 foot crane uh, bungee jump. And um, and actually I did it uh, feet first because I was so scared when I got up there <laughs> that, that I just had to jump. I, I didn't even wait for the count of three. I just went right, right off feet first. And ever since then, I've never really liked heights very much. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the actions of youth, right? The, the um, impetuous and uh, impulsiveness of youth, right? You survived. So that's, we're glad you did. That's one of those. It was a good idea at that moment, and then uh, you realize it wasn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did many a spring break, but we won't get into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> never, will, never will that get on a podcast. Yeah. So, well, that's pretty funny. Well, before we get into Nathan Bitterson Park specifically, give us some background since you're the CEO. Give us some background as to how you kind of ended up in this business and a little bit about your formative years. And what's interesting is, you know, your father had a big impact on how you ended up in this in this he industry. Did. He did. So, um, so yeah, I always say that when I was a kid, uh, I had a very different uh, childhood than most. And, and instead of spending summertime at summer camp or enjoying vacation, I was... Uh, out at an event, uh, either on a on a track somewhere, or measuring uh, road race courses, or, or anything like that, and that's because my uh, my uh, father's always been in the sports industry, and he started off as a uh, track and field coach many years ago down in South Florida, and um, he ended up goodness with the Olympic Games in Atlanta, and now, wow. and now he still works. He's still uh, in the international sports scene in the sport of judo, and and uh, you know I've. It's funny the 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 way you look at at life, you know, when you're growing up and you're doing something that probably most people think, are, oh my God, that's cool and and that's so different that you're, you get to go to all these sporting events and so forth, and uh, they they uh, they look at it as a glamorous thing, right? Because we're all sports fans, right? right of course. But uh, they don't, you know, most people don't see what happens behind the scenes that it's actually you know hard work and and you know you're not. Uh, you're not out there, you know, enjoying Super Bowls and all that, and, and right. watching them, and right. so, eating chips and yeah. drinking Coke and beer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as I I was getting older, I remember when I got into college, um, I I said, you know what, I am never going to work in the sports industry. I've been doing this, you know, my entire life as a kid, and uh, and finally, you know, when I graduated at University of Florida and came out, and you know, I, there was an opportunity in Orlando to work with the governor's council on physical fitness and sports on a couple of projects they were doing. And then with USA track and field, Florida association. And, um, it was all in one building that they had in downtown Kissimmee at that time. And I just kind of fell back in love, you know, with, with the sports industry and, uh, continued on in my career. So, um, before I came here to Nathan Benerson park, I was actually very familiar with the park because I worked for the Florida sports foundation for 18 years. Yeah. And for those that don't know that are listening, the Florida sports foundation is a public private partnership with the state of Florida and, uh, the Florida sports foundation acts as the, the, the state's, uh, sports promotion agency. And also, um, the Florida sports foundation works to develop amateur sports within the state. So, uh, so thinking in terms of sport tourism, it's it's looking at the state as a whole and promoting the state as a sport tourism right. destination right. and then developing, you know, the grassroots sports here in, in the state of Florida. And um, I remember when when a group of delegates from Sarasota 
came up to Tallahassee to talk about this project, you know, this dream of, of uh, a world-class, you know, aquatic sport facility. And um, one of the stops was at Florida Sports Foundation. And I uh, had the opportunity to, to, to be in the room and listen to the dream and the vision. And I remember telling uh, my, my boss at that time was Larry Pendleton, who was the president of the foundation. And, um, you know, he asked me, what do you think? And I said, this would be amazing if it actually happens. This would be amazing for the state of Florida. What a great marketing right, you know, right, opportunity for, for this, you know, one of a kind internationally known you know, facility. So, uh, so we stayed very, uh, very close in tune with what was happening here. And we actually came down and ran some events. Uh, so I, I ran Sunshine State Games events here at the park uh, when this island was first developed and there was no finished tower or anything it was just right, you know, right. first being built and uh had that opportunity to to enjoy it as an event owner right and come in and um and then all of a sudden i'm here right so five years ago i started right before the world rowing championship well that's very so. very cool where does benderson enter into this picture because in the research i did nathan benderson was quite a fellow growing up really in the, in the great depression developed a construction company, was very successful over the years. And then they, and I guess I'm asking a question, they provided a lot of the financing then really to create this park, they correct? Did. So the Benderson family and Benderson development have been, you know, a tremendous asset to Sarasota County in yes, terms of, of this park. I mean, you, you think about just the vision of this park really came from a lot of different individuals in the community and i can't even start naming them all because i would be scared i'd leave somebody out right but you really had a core group of of rowers in this area that recognized a potential um, of this park of being a, a world-class facility and there was kind of a funny little incident that occurred and that is that um, the Florida State uh, Rowing Association's state championships were supposed to be held in the Bypass Canal in Tampa. And one year that they were doing that, um, there was a drought and there wasn't enough water. So wow. some of the local rowers saw this and said, hey, there's this lake down there. And if we just cleared it out a little bit, um, you know, we could do the state championships here. So with with Sarasota County because it was a Sarasota County park at that time and uh, it still is and uh, Sarasota County and then of course Benderson Development threw in a, a lot of resources to help get this place prepared the park obviously looked very different than it than it does today but uh, to get this prepared and pull off and host the state championships for rowing here at at uh, at Nathan Benderson Park and then um that's really when this dream be started becoming reality, right? That, that you could actually utilize this with, with significant uh, modifications to the length of the course and some dredging and building infrastructure and so forth, um, that this really could be an amazing park, the park that we see today. So Benderson Development really um, helped in, in providing resources of sending people all over the world to really study oh, wow. um, what, what was going on here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and worked uh, closely with Sarasota County and local community leaders to, to really make what we have today. So, um, and, and they have contributed quite a lot 
to the to this park um you know in terms of uh, of people resources in terms of funding to support operations in fact the uh the iconic uh finish tower the benderson family finish right. tower that everyone can see from i-75 and and uh is is our largest structure right now on the island um that was completely funded 100 percent by private donations wow. from the Benderson wow. family yeah, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, their contributions have been have been amazing, and there's contributions that that have been uh, put towards this park from from many different uh, organizations, but also people that that have really put in time and and really have created what we have here today. So, so this is actually in Benderson Park is 600 acres, correct? Yeah, yeah, approximately. And so, yeah, and so it's conservancy. Mm-hmm. And so how does, what, first off, what does that mean? And then how does it relate to Sarasota County? And I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, the public-private relationship. Yeah. Because, because, because you're not for-profit, yeah. but you're not totally government-run either. Yeah, we certainly are not. So, yeah, what makes the park unique in terms of, look, it's a Sarasota County park, but it's operated privately by the Nathan Benerson Park Conservancy. And, and one of the reasons for that is really the complexity of what happens here on a day-to-day basis to uh, not really so much the operation of the park, but more so going out and, and securing major international events and taking on those commitments and so forth. Those are things that typically are not done within government, right? And that's right, where public-private partnerships uh, really benefit, right? Because you're able to to uh, really redirect uh, resources to a nonprofit, which we are a 501c3 nonprofit, that can be 100% dedicated to really what the mission of, of this park is. And that, uh, that can be uh, certainly nimble and be able to make decisions uh, that are important uh, in really this ever-changing landscape of, of the sports industry that we have. So it's, it's uh, certainly, it, it is not an uncommon thing throughout the, the, you know, the country to see uh, the use of uh, P3s for specialized facilities. P3? Yeah, uh, public-private partnerships. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, the, that's a state term, actually, that okay. we used to, okay, but um so it, it's not unusual, and you're seeing it more and more that you know the, there's actually big, uh, big corporations that are you know making a living from that public-private partnership uh, aspect of facility management. So talk about the economic impact that this um, brings to Sarasota and the county itself. Absolutely. So, uh, so for those, uh, those listeners that don't know about economic impact, right, it's the concept of when a visitor comes in uh, to the community, they're bringing in new monies by spending at uh, hotels, restaurants, retail, and, and so forth. And in turn, those new monies create jobs, you know, and there's calculators and there's all kinds of calculators out there for economic impact. And uh, so the park uh, from from our last fiscal year, uh, you know, from the beginning of the park from 2014 until last year uh, has generated over $200 million of economic impact for My the goodness. community. So, yeah. uh, so certainly the return on investment uh, is great. It's it's uh, it's at about seven hundred percent in in regards to 
public funds uh, from the county that have been put into this park and in turn what has uh, it is produced in terms of economic impact. And, you know, economic impact is something that we talk about so much in terms of benefits of a park like this, because um, when you're talking about tourism, that's the most quantifiable thing, right, to, to look at. It's easy to point at and, you know, there's all kinds of calculators and that's the industry standard when you're talking about success, right? It's economic impact, it's room nights and, you know, and, and so forth. But um, for those of us that that live in the industry, right, uh, to me, the benefits of this park go so far beyond economic impact. You know, right. economic impact is is great. It's important. It's a number. It's driving the the economy. But you think about the impact that this this facility and this park has on people's lives. Um, I think that that's such a hard thing to quantify, right? So you can't put a number on it. But we could talk about a lot of stories of, you know, look at look at. Um, we just hosted the International Dragon Boat Federation World Club Crew Championships. Great event. So I'm going to use that as an example of several different you know uh, benefits of this park. Number one is that's the first time that event has ever been hosted in the United States. Forget about Sarasota in the United States. First off, for, for listeners who don't know what that is, what is a dragon boat? So, so a dragon boat is essentially think of a giant canoe. Um, and it's and there's two sizes of dragon boats. There is a standard size which has 20 paddlers, one person drumming, and then one person in the back steering. So 22 people in a giant uh, canoe paddling down uh, a race course. It's very exciting to see, and uh, and hearing the drumming too makes it even more exciting. But uh, and then there's a there's a small boat which is ten paddlers, one person steering, one person in, in the drum seat. So and, and what and, you're saying is this yeah. is a big thing internationally. Oh, right? it's a big thing internationally. So that for this event we had um, three thousand uh, paddlers and supporters here oh from goodness. all over the from all over the world that came in uh, to participate. And uh, we actually host the national championships every other year uh, through 2027. So, um, and that has close to 2,000 uh, participants that come in and, and, and uh, paddle away during their dragon boat uh, national championships. But, but, you know, if you think about the fact that the, this event was the first time it was hosting the United States, think about the impact for for our country in the sense of tourism. And this is not the first event in, right, you know, right. in, in our, in our park, that's the first time ever held in the United States. So, and then you think about the fact that an organization, so every sport has a governing body, right? A national governing body. And, um, and, and that's the organization that, that runs the sport is in charge of promoting it, growing it and so forth. So in the United States, uh, the Dragon Boat Federation is the United States Dragon Boat Federation. And um, as part of us going out and winning this event, the the U.S. Dragon Boat Federation was able to um, agree to create their own national championship because they never used to have their own that they own. They would just designate some event out there. Right, so then, right. so you look at the impact that we're having on not only sport tourism in in the U.S. domestically, but you're also looking at an impact that we're having nationally with a sport and helping it to develop and grow. 
And then you look at another aspect of that event. In that event, we had four local crews from right here at Nathan Benerson Park that uh, that competed in both the national championship but also in the world championship. Cool. Very cool. And they came out, three of our crews came out with multiple gold medals. So you're talking about local residents that probably never would have had the opportunity to go travel to Thailand or wherever to do this event. Right, They're doing right, it right, right here in their backyard, and they come home world champions. I mean, think about that, that impact. Sticks, that you know? with those, those yeah. folks for the rest of their life. And it, it, sounds like, it sounds almost like you need to rename it to the Goodwill Games. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, what was it, Ted, Ted Turner did that a while ago, didn't he? So, yeah. Anyways, but, well, that's pretty fascinating. That's pretty fascinating. And you, and you just think that uh, when you have these groups come in internationally, they're not coming here just for this event. They're going to go maybe travel across the country or to see oh. other places in the United States. So... That's part of the economic impact that you don't yeah. even measure, really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, it's very common that, that individuals, especially, you know, uh, international travelers tend to have a higher average daily spending. Right. Uh, that's because they stay longer typically and they uh, really make a vacation out of, out of the trip, right? So yeah. whether they're here in Sarasota enjoying the beaches and, and so forth, or they might run over and take a little trip to Disney or, you know, so it's, they certainly, uh, the impact is, is far beyond just Sarasota. Right. right. Yeah. Well, talk about some of the other events here, because I know it's open to, again, from your website, people do yoga here. They obviously, they bike, they run around oh, the lake, but talk about some of the other, some of your favorite events that you all like to do here. Yeah, so so and some of them aren't even sports events. So uh, one of the events that I love is is our MVP fireworks at the lake. Uh, so that's always held on the third of July, yep. and uh, celebrating our nation's independence. And that's a wonderful spectacle to watch here at the park and seeing you know tens of thousands of people just consuming, not just the park but the UTC area and it, you know, it really transforms this whole, sure uh, this, yeah. yeah, this whole area of Sarasota and people coming out to watch that event. I love the Turkey trot event that we have on Thanksgiving morning. What a great tradition sure. uh, that, that we've started and continues to grow. And um, we have trick or treat on the lake that's coming up in its fourth year uh, where we have over 6,000, uh, people coming out here and a uh, good safe atmosphere for families to come out and trick-or-treat and uh, we do that uh, several several days before Halloween uh, so um, you know I, I in terms of sporting events you know NCAA rowing championships love love that event yep. it's it's uh, great to see these these top institutions from division one two and three come out here um, you know, U.S. Rowing Youth Nationals, another great event to see all these youth clubs, the best youth clubs in, in the country, uh, descending upon the park and really activates, uh, you know, what you see every day as, as uh, a place to come and run and walk and, or, and, and cycle and so forth, you know, really becomes a major festival area. So, you know, but Programming is also very dear to my heart, you know, and, and we have uh, a number of programs here at Nathan Bitterson Park that residents can come out and enjoy. Um, summer camps 
is a wonderful time of year. I love watching the kids out there, uh, learning to sail, learning to, to kayak and canoe and uh, row, and and uh, and they learn archery as well. And we have a number of different uh, camps. And in fact, my own kids uh, have come out here and and enjoyed camp. And that's uh, one of the things that it's wonderful to see as a parent. You know, but also as an administrator to see the impacts that your own programs are having, sure, you of know, on a, on on children. And I see my own my own uh, kids, my two oldest uh, who are girls. Uh, they came out to camp, goodness, probably three four years ago for the first time. And um, I've never been a huge water sport person, but they uh, they went to camp, and I took them out here one time for uh, one of our rec days that we do, and. All of a sudden, they walk right up. They grab uh, PFDs, which are life jackets, for those that don't know. They know how to put it on, fit it perfectly. They grab stand-up paddle boards, and they go out there, you know, and paddle with perfect balance and no fear or anything. I'm and, envious. And, yeah, and, and they were like six and seven years old when this happened. And um, and just it was amazing to me to to just say, you know after a couple of weeks at camp and they've cool. learned yeah. that you know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lifelong See skill. These kids learning skills like that. Yeah, yeah, that it's wonderful. For life. Well, something I didn't realize until I was preparing for this interview is that you actually do indoor events as well. And yeah. and, and I, I do have to call you guys on the carpet here. I was really looking to be on the fifth floor of your finish tower. Next time. But we're, yeah. in, we're in the conference room here. Yeah. So I'll just have to make do with this. But teasing you a little bit because, you, because it's a lovely – I have been up in there in a previous event. It's a lovely location. But talk about some of the – corporate stuff or parties that you can do there absolutely so uh so most uh for most of those uh listeners that don't know the finished tower at nathan Menderson park was uh was really built for for the purpose of uh what i being what i call the brains of of the uh the race course you know so that's where all the technology goes through and uh, and certainly we always welcome anyone that wants to come do a tour. We're happy to, to share all the secrets behind the, the scene secrets on it. But, um, but it also doubles as, uh, as indoor uh, meeting and event space. So uh, the most popular floors are the fifth floor combined with the sixth floor, uh, which the sixth floor is open air, it's rooftop, and the fifth floor is enclosed with a balcony. And uh, then there's the second floor, which is the next popular and uh, that is indoor space with a very large outdoor balcony space. So uh, we host, goodness, uh, you know, corporate meetings in there, receptions. We've had weddings in there utilizing both the beach and the indoor area. We've even had a family come out and do Thanksgiving dinner up there uh, one cool. time. Well, yeah, so something different. Yeah, you know? yeah. Get, and the view is beautiful. The beach or something like that. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Wait, so, how many folks can you actually handle in those different floors? It really just depends on the configuration, but for, you know, for meetings, you know, probably the the it's 20 to 50 for sit-down meetings, you know, inside there. Uh receptions, goodness for the second floor with that outdoor area, 2 to 300 uh people easily, you know. So, but uh but you know what's what's interesting about the finish towers, I don't think anyone realized um how the finish tower organically would be end up being utilized on a daily basis and um and that is if you come out here 
you see people exercising on the little steps of the the front part of the finish tower workout you know getting in workouts there running the stairs of the finish tower yeah. is a very popular yes. thing i mean yes, i don't I think any that. yeah setting up the the little uh the resistance bands you know on some of the rails and so forth and i mean the 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 tower really has been a center of of uh of fitness activities you know in, in the park so it's wonderful to see that so it looks like it's an alternative to john ringling bridge because you see all the runners uh, yeah. across the bridge there whatnot <laughs> you know, florida's a flat so you find something that Get you up in the air. Yeah. Well, so, so what would be what would be a couple of things that most people would be kind of surprised about operating this facility in this park and kind of a behind the scenes? Yeah. So you know, I, I think looking at it in terms of um, before we go into the behind the scenes, but the, you know, really in terms of utilization of the park, you know, I know when I first came here five years ago. A, a, I think there was a lot of confusion where people thought that's a rowing facility and and I can't really go out there and do things, you know, and, and that really has changed over the years. And we always like to emphasize that, that, A, we're, we're not just a rowing facility. We're a multi-sport facility, first of all, but we are a community park and we want everyone to come out, you know, and enjoy all the amenities that are here, uh, you know, and, and utilize the trails and uh, come out and fish and, and so forth. So uh, I think that, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I think there's still a segment of, of our community and population that, that doesn't realize, right, that it's a, it's a public park, you know, and come out and enjoy it. It's fun. It's yours. Um, but, you know, behind the scenes, you know, I think most people don't realize in terms of uh, events and programming, really the, the reality of what goes into putting those on, right? right. That, uh, magically, you know, tents and porta potties and you know those kind of things don't just you know magically appear, right? The, the, it's uh, you know it takes an incredible amount of timing, um, you know, in planning, and especially when we're in busy season, where um, look, we we uh, we have events, you know, in in season where you could have a three month span of of really events every single weekend, you know, so, and then you have programming in between that. So, um, there's just really no off season here. There, there isn't. And really, I I think another interesting fact is 362 days out of the year, we have events or planned programming, um, or training teams here. So 362 days out of the year, uh, we have staff here that is managing something programmatically, you know, so uh, so I think that that's something most people don't realize, right, that that uh, there's individuals here uh, that that are hardworking. And, and I always like to give kudos to our staff because, um, you know, they're 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 a small, strong, but passionate staff, you know, and that's one thing that I'll say that we're very passionate about. Uh, about this park and we're very passionate about uh, the industry and about our community and serving our community. So. Well, it's, it's a tremendous value add to the greater Sarasota area. So give us a preview of coming attractions, if you will. <laughs> what are some things that are not currently on this, on uh, open to the public or that the public's aware of, but some things that you're thinking about for the future that you'd like to do where you where you would like to take this park? Absolutely. So, uh, so really, there there's a few things. So, 
Uh, the biggest one right now is just recently we've made uh, some progress uh, with Sarasota County in regards to the next stages of development here on, on Regatta Island is what we call this island that you're on right now. And, um, you know, really we're looking at this and studying a concept of um, incorporating the boathouse that we want to build with an indoor sports facility yep. uh, that that would be here for the community to use for very similar purposes as what the park was built, right? For uh, driving economic uh, development through events and, uh, and also for community use. So... Uh, that's a very exciting uh, project that we are we are continuing to study and look at, and I certainly think that that's one of the most exciting things on the horizon for us. Um, you know, another thing that is 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 uh, fun to think about is that just recently we were uh, selected or awarded uh, a total of eight. Uh, international events from the International Canoe Federation and uh, and many of those events are first time uh, for not just Sarasota but for United States and this is a whole nother um, area of aquatic sport uh, that really we haven't ventured too much into as a park uh, so it's just this whole other opportunity mm-hmm. of, of, of really getting into another market uh, within the sport industry and we're talking uh, several different disciplines of, uh, of paddling sport uh, from sprint canoe and kayak, which is what you know in the Olympics, right, uh, to stand-up paddleboard um, and also uh, canoe marathon, which is really fun. Have you ever watched canoe marathon? You've you got to look it up. you got to look it up. So it is, it is a great, uh, it's a great event and you ever, you actually see some contact in there and it's, it's right. a really fun event. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, these, these next, uh, several years, uh, of being awarded those events really starting next year through 2026. So now, Maybe a little bit off topic here. Does Moat Marine have any impact on your future? Because they, to my knowledge, they haven't broken ground. But where are they out here? Okay, so uh, Moat Marine is located uh, really what was the northwest corner of the park boundary. Okay. So, uh, so most people don't realize that Nathan Benderson Park actually. Um, had land on the north side of Cattleman Road right. uh, adjacent to the yep. mall, right? Right, right. And, and to the SCAT station and so forth. So uh, so Moat right now has filled in uh, some land up in the center uh, North Lake is what we call it on the north side of the park. And the uh, aquarium will be up there. And certainly, yeah, Moat has, I, I think that partnership is going to be wonderful. They've been, they've been great partners so really far. And we're looking forward to that because, you know, when you go out, one of the selling points, you know, of when I go internationally and we're bringing in events here, one of the selling points of this park is that unlike facilities of this type all over the world, you know, that are typically in the middle of nowhere, we're in the middle of somewhere. We have exactly. accessibility I seventy five. We have hotels exactly. all around us. We've got the UTC area right, right there in walking distance, and then you're just adding another attraction on top of that. I mean, it's 
it's nothing but positive. And, and I'm sure UTC love you guys because we all know retail has been taking it on the chin over the last decade. And you guys bring a lot of foot traffic in between races, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they so do. They love to go over like there. a great symbiotic relationship. I, yes. I don't know if it's too much to imagine that maybe another 10 or 15 years, you guys break off, become your own town. Here. <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> Well, that's neat. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show, Stephen. I appreciate it very much. Uh, if people want to know more about Nathan Benison Park or the events, you have a very well-developed website. Is there any place else that you yeah, that, yeah, well, they can visit us uh, on social media. We're yeah. on all the channels there. But, yeah, I would go to our website, uh, nathanmendersonpark.org. And uh, feel free to give us give us a call. So sure. and and we're happy to uh, show you around. You want to try something? We have great opportunities like uh, right like rec days. So if you look on our calendar, we have MVP rec days, which essentially is when we take all of our canoes and kayaks and stand up paddle boards. All of our equipment goes out on the beach, and you can come out and try anything you want and enjoy the water cool. with the family. That's so. very neat. That's very neat. Well, Stephen uh, Rodriguez, President of Nathan Benerson Park Conservancy, thank you very much for being on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Everybody else who is listening in, thank you so very much. We appreciate your time. And Stephen, would love to have you on the show in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.